Eyes on Whiteness is a podcast that illuminates the insidious and ignorant ways of whiteness, regardless of intent. Our guests are invited to practice the work of transmuting white supremacy and patriarchy, as these constructs are pervasive and ever-present for all of us. I'm Deidre Barber Vasquez, Black and Puerto Rican, lesbian, New York Californian, living in the Southwest, mother to dog child Onyx, cis woman. I am my own, I am my mother's, I am Earth's, I am you. And I'm Maureen Benson, a white, straight, cisgender woman living in Oakland, California, doing my best to be a principled accomplice for racial justice in these apocalyptic times. I also hella love my dogs, Wagyu, and Philly. In season two, we're excited to share with you a series of incredible conversations with extraordinary guests that we invite to engage the question, what does it look like to be an intersectional integrity? We want to thank our brilliant and kind producer, Aaron Rand Freeman. And don't forget, if you'd like to support us, we do appreciate it. You can find us on Patreon, Eyes on Whiteness, and you can rate and leave a review anywhere you're listening to the podcast. Welcome to the show. is an artist, ritualist, and educator. She was born on Jeju Island in South Korea, now living in Bushin, unceded Ohlone Territory, Oakland, California, as a first-generation immigrant. Her creative vision comes from traditional Korean music, singing, drumming, and dance, which is rooted in Korean indigenous ritual. Since her arrival in the United States, she has been a vital contributor to both the traditional and contemporary arts landscape in the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. She utilizes art to heal fractured relationships in the urban environment and relationships between humans and the land, histories and stories between individuals and their communities. She is the founder of Puri Arts, a producing organization of, of performance and ritual, and also working at Tamalpa Institute as faculty member and director of art and healing at Asian Refuge United Organization in Oakland, California. Hmm. Need a moment to integrate that because that's beautiful. Thank before you even get started. Thank you for everything you're doing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So welcome, welcome. Um, I'm going to open this up with just asking you. I know that we um, we spoke, and I asked you when I invited you to come to the conversation. We started having this really beautiful conversation about what intersectional integrity means to you, um, uh, whether that's the language you use or not, but just the way that you um, took that in. And so I think maybe that's a good place for us to start. Like, um, yeah. you know, what came up for you? Or Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I read and heard about that, I felt, you know, it's really about intention, right? You know? What are we doing? And, you know, what does the meaning of doing through not only 
the work that we do, but you know, the how to that you know uh, connect to the life. So you know, it's not separable. So intention is really important to have that you know coming through the your your life actually. So it's not about for for the work. You know, it's just for your life, and then that intention navigate what you're supposed to do or you know kind of not supposed i mean more like you know what you receive the gift from mm. your ancestors to share this life so i think that's how i understand of that you know how we you know how we integrating those you know intention into the life and um and the uh, life and work that you <laughs> love you know so it's not about the work I hate, you know, it's 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 a lot of pressure because this is a mm -hmm. system, you know. All this system is really driven by goal-oriented success, competition, and everything is really take away of people's happiness and you know their pressure. Like you know, what why they're doing it is really to you know take off from the systemic um, challenges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I just want to say that going back to pure, really authentic, you know, intention of who I am, really knowing who I am is the key for me to, um, you know, knowing who I am actually guide me to what to do, who, who should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about, like, so since I know, I know a bit about your, your work. Um, and so I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about, like, share with us this idea of the, the being very clear in one's intention and who I am. Um, and how do you integrate that when you are doing work with community, with other people who, whether, you know, they could be Korean immigrants as well, but they're still not you, right? They still have their own perspective. But in particular, when you're doing um, work with folks who significantly have a different identity as yourself whether that might be mm -hmm. folks who don't consider mm -hmm. themselves immigrants maybe they consider themselves korean american but not immigrants or um mm -hmm. i know you do a lot of mm -hmm. cross work in oakland with folks who identify as other yeah. ethnicities and races so i'm curious to share just like your yeah. process around that and what does it look like to hold that intent to center uh that intentionality yeah, that's really interesting that I had a dream yesterday that um, it really, I, I, I wish I could remember details of that because it almost tells what I should do mm. for the life kind of, you know, big thing because, you know, it really tells about the life, you know, what is the life and, and then the really bottom, getting into the body to understanding the life what it says through my dream was the body, you know, body, mm -hmm. our body, you know, how much, you know, we really understand about our body. And, and that's kind of, I'm more engaging, you know, and holding the space with the people about, you know, how we understand our body as a mm -hmm. land, you know, and the land that combines with our ancestral land our ancestral land and the land that we're living, that which is not mm -hmm. our land, and, you know, connect to that into our body land. And then, um, yeah, through there, uh, we're not putting any outside of the surface of, you know, 
other things yet. You know, just kind of you know uh, identify. You know, it's really ident identity is so important. You know, I I meet all of my folks as a Korean immigrant and also first generation, 1.5 generation, second generation, mm -hmm. right? I meet them and also through the, the program that I'm running, the Connect, Reflect, and Enact, that's the program that I'm running in the Bay Area. And that's the more focus on um, Asian diaspora people that, you know, coming all different uh, background of the Asia, Asian country. So, Jap you know, from the Japan, you know, their ancestors, you know, Japan, China and Taiwan, Philippines and, and yeah, and India. So it's kind of, and Vietnam. So it's all, you know, kind of, you know, all different background mm -hmm. with where we're coming from. But when we got into our body experience being in this country is really that's that's the point that we understand you know and how you know how we found you know find and still you know kind of working on conflict you know conflict is is very you know it's not from people usually take that as a, their personal mm -hmm. issues but I want to look at, you know, those things differently, that this is the how system is creating our mm -hmm. conflict as a mm -hmm. sickness. So, so that's what I'm working on. And also coming from Jeju Island, you know, as a, my ancestor who lived there and, you know, and as of my first generation, I came here when I was 26. So that means I really culturally, you know, you know, received, you know, enough of my culture, the language, and also um, the, you know, as of my training as a drummer, singer, and dancer, you know, all dif deeply, you know, rooted in the mm -hmm. shamanism. So all that practice I'm bringing into uh, how I can, you know, also. Uh, integrating in new way to look at it so it's not about just one you know cultural identity so i'm trying to you know how we diasporic clean or creative you know innovate together that um you know this innovate in a ritual that people can all participate but also at the same time appreciate and respect the where the this ritual is really coming from so I think all those are practice is really important. So I am bringing very, uh, very specific ritual for the working with the community, which is a ritual mm. of sickness. So really finding, you know, yeah, first thing is we need to really understand is where we're coming from, like placenta. What is our placenta that has been mm. buried? So that placenta, you know, you know, really understanding of ancestral land and the history of it and why even, you know, we all have a different reason to come here. But those are the young, young generation. We need to deeply understand it. And then, and then, yeah, I kind of, you know, have a the process, you know, knowing those kind of things, not only my birth, but including the ancestral history. And then going into this is the life that I'm living, but you know what is my sickness? You know what is my sickness? So uh, the practice of this ritual is really they're going deeply through the body, 
exploration. So it's not about mm-hmm. mental, you know, brain. You know, I really try not to people to use their brain. You know, let you know how our whole body actually becoming the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the different way to understand. So uh, through the body, that's what my dream. You know, kind of showed up. Then you know, if you want to understand your body physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, it has to go through your body. So, so that's our experience and exploration to, you know, you know where the our sickness coming from, and then, and then not really becoming, you know, abstract. Mm-hmm. If those sickness is very clear, let's name all that out, even though that is hard. You know, because what I'm, you know, it's just my personal opinion. Whenever I see people when they have a conflict or, you know, this is my sickness, so abstract, you know, so abstract that we never gonna work on it. <laughs> so yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. when people say certain things, they, you know, oh, that's too abstract. Let's find another thing, you know, let's getting close to it, getting close to it. So finding those name of it, then people kind of, you know, some untangled thing is a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, tangled thing is a little bit untangled, mm-hmm. loosen it. And mm-hmm. then they can really figuring out to finding that and really untangle everything and then find the word that is come, you know, yeah. really began. So mm-hmm. those are, yeah, those are the thing. And then uh, another part that I really love and respect my culture, my ritual is, it's not only, you know, have a process of the ritual, but inside of the process of the ritual, you know, a lot of creative activities. So you have to make things and the understanding people together, make things together, like bringing the communal spirit mm-hmm. in there. So it's, I'm going through my own, you know, my own sickness, but doing together is a collective, you know, really process. So I feel like that is the beauty. You know, we need to work on own things, but at the same time, how we can do together, that we're holding space and encouraging to each other and also inspired by each other. And then, and then, yeah, you know, and we're really doing this together, kind of collective, mm-hmm. collective, this, um, the, yeah, the energy and spirit that, you know, it's just so beautiful to witness. And that's the really part that I just thank to the, my ancestor and spirit. Yeah. You know what? I, I love the way, thank you for that. Um, and I love, you had me thinking, so, um, like, so my, 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 um, connection to to dohi is understanding dohi as a um, artist and dancer like i've I've been to your shows and your move there's a lot of really beautiful movement and music um that uh really creates this space and container that allows folks i can see what you're saying that allows folks to go there um and the thing that i love most is this idea of staying out of the abstract it had me thinking, so folks won't be able to see this because it's a, it's just audio only, but there was something that you did with, like you started moving, Dohi, like you were moving with the words, like moving your body in this really fluid, beautiful way. And it made me think about um, this idea of staying out of the abstract, the way that you delivered it is very much embodied, right? It's this like mm. that when we're in the abstract, we're in our minds often. 
And the way that Maureen and I, and like, you know, Maureen, correct me if, if you don't see it this way, but when we talk about transmitting white supremacy, two of the things that we talk about is transparency and vulnerability, right? And that in like really moving in transparency and vulnerability helps us transmute white supremacy. And I never, th- I think that I thought about this subconscious like subconsciously but like there's a connection between i know that when i work with people to help them become more transparent and vulnerable which is opposite of what white supremacy wants us to be it Mm -hmm. often means people have to go into their bodies right there's this thing that you have to drop down Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. to re almost retrain yourself away from this idea that everything is just up here in your mind and it is super abstract right and pulling people in of like let's go deeper and i actually had that feeling i was like oh yeah like because to stay out of the abstract means you got to go deeper and it is what like i I, i'm getting the chills right now where it's like this is this drop i dropped into my body where I'm like to access transparency, mm. to be more specific, to really name what is the sickness or what mm. is the conflict and to be vulnerable to actually say it, right? Mm. If it's something that I am yeah. doing or I'm feeling, you know, that I put on someone or I realize I put it on, uh, that I'm feeling like it was put on me or I realize mm. I put it on someone else and there's that mm. vulnerability to own that. Um, so I want to say thank yeah. you, you know, thank you for that because it was definitely a shift for me in understanding this of like, it really is. It's something that I think I just take for granted that it is a process of dropping into the body, you know, in this, mm-hmm. in this work. I don't know. How does that land on either of you? Like, I think it was it. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you talk about uh, the dropping into the body because uh, Dohi also thank you for sharing the beauty of your practice Uh, And what comes up for you when you think about intersectional integrity, I heard you ask this really profound question, which is how does our whole body become the brain? And it really resonated with me in a lot of what you're sharing too, Deidre, in that this way in which white supremacy teaches us that thinking is the thing that leads. But I love the way um, you incorporate all of it into that question. Like a lot of times we're like inviting people to drop down into the body as if it's not their brain. And you're saying this question, like, how does the whole body become the mm. brain? And I really just love that as a, it, it's another way to think about intersectional integrity, that if we are transmuting white supremacy and patriarchy, that we are in our mm. bodies, which is not, um, as Deidre shared, you know, how we're taught to be. So I, I'm left really curious, the answer to your question, like what comes up for you as you think about how does the whole body become the brain? Mm. Well, you know, it's really interesting. You know, that's why I love movement, you know, and um, kind of really understanding of whole our body part, you know, how much we understand each body part and even including the organs, mm-hmm. you know, all our organs and, you know, body part that they're holding our stories. They're not ho- mm. not only holding our stories; they're holding our ancestors' mm. stories too, mm. right? So, so and you know, one of the, my experience is you know, so many different organs and body parts, you know, different um, my ancestor or different deity, you know, they're 
into certain mm-hmm. organs that I can feel, you know, and then, oh, yeah, you know, one of, you know, the two of my kidneys, I feel my siblings that who couldn't really make this life. They, they died so young. And then I felt they're holding my kidney to keep up mm-hmm. the life, you know, but if we mm-hmm. don't do that, you know, I might even couldn't find it. You know, I went, dropped down to my body and explore it. And I feel something in my kidney that, you know, I, what is it? And then, you know, that sense, sensory experience. And if that goes beyond, it's uh, involving with the spirit, you know, it's so going into spirit that you don't know, you know, what emotions are coming. The, when the emotions comes, certain very specific emotions or the tone of the sound comes out that, Oh my God, who is this baby? Mm. What is it? And then I have to call mm. to my parents. You know, I'm, I'm feeling these two babies in my body, in my kidney. Who are they? And then they told me, you know. So if I didn't drop those things into my body, I just don't know. And I never honor their mm. lives. You know, so stuff like that as a you know, really simple example. And then... And that, you know, particular, you know, body part with the emotions, the actually emotions are the stories. Emotions that's, that something happened in the past. So, you know, finding those out is also our job, you know? So it's not yes. easy, <laughs> you know? Finding all the, you know, those things, I feel like we also have to put our you know self time to really discover that and deepening it and also with the lots of care and love for ourselves too if we don't have it it's just so just hard but if we trust it Mm -hmm. and we love the process that you know each one of us are taking you know i'm taking you know and also general you know just you know gentle you know something gentle to it but at the same time some uh you know discipline it you know so it's not about one-time thing and you know oh i think i figured that out it's not going to that way so and that's the part of the ritual practice that i really respect you know Mm -hmm. how you continue Mm -hmm. to really do that and listen to them, listen to, you know, your siblings, listen to your ancestors, listen to the deities that who guide, you know, literally you have to repeat it. Mm. So that means mm. we have to practice. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that, you know, when you're doing those things, I feel like, you know, I don't, you know, my, the saying body as a brain means, not really verbally explain, you know, explain it has a certain language. You know, I'm not saying that way. You know, when we when we're talking about yeah. the brain is kind of articulation, the words are perfect, you know. My my mm-hmm. brain I'm talking about is their authenticity, even there is no word, mm-hmm. is a sound or something that, you know, movement that is so authentic that, you know, sometimes when you see things, you don't need to hear any words because I understand. That's what I mean by body becoming mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think, like, when you when you were talking mm-hmm. about it and you moved, you. you were moving in this real flow way, I don't know that I would have needed to hear what you were saying to understand, right, to get the message that you were giving <laughs> you know around what you were trying to share 
Um, I have another question, but Maureen, I don't want to take. Okay, so you you started talking about this a little bit, I think. Um, around you when you, I love when you were like, part of this is about listening, right, and practicing listening. Um, because and as you were saying that, I actually was writing down this question around. If someone is listening to this conversation, right, it's going to be out there in the ethers of the world, right? And someone is uh, listening to this conversation. In my mind's eye, I have someone who's younger, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a younger person. Um, And they're new to this idea of connecting body to land to ancestors or, you know, ancestors to body to land or whatever order. (laughs) I feel like there's not necessarily an order there. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're new to this idea Um, can you, can you share some of your ideas a little bit more about how does someone engage, they're new to it and it's like, they just had an epiphany, right? They hear you talking about this and they're like, that's what's been missing. That's what I need. Um, Mm. you know, what are, what, what ideas would you have for them about what they could do to begin that cultivation process? Yeah. Well, wow. That might be I need to work on that too. <laughs> well, that's why I said we need to work on the cultivation process because I know that it's a lifelong journey, right? Like, and those things will evolve. Yeah. But I am thinking about like really specifically someone who there's often times where I listen to stuff like this and I hear people and they say these really profound and beautiful things and there's that moment where I feel like a connection to it and it's so new to me. I yeah. don't know what to do with that, right? I don't know just what that initial yeah. first step is. And you started talking about when you said listening is a practice, maybe that's, maybe that's it. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I'm just yeah, wondering yeah. you in terms of what other ideas w- could you share with folks around that beginning step? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, it's a big part is listening, right? The listening means there are so many ways of listening practice. And the one part that really I, uh, as a, as a, you know, the, do, you know, doing, you know, the, the movement. So I recommend people to play the music that you love and start with the, you know, whole, you know, breathing, inhale and exhale. Just really focus on your breath. Breath mm-hmm. is the life and death. When you inhale, you know, and, you know, and when you exhale, that's the life and death are, you know, circulating. And in order to inhale, you have to exhale, like let it go, right? Let it go, letting in, you know, just do the, you know, really breathing practice. And I will, I will imagine that people to really go through, you know, they're moving, you know, just naturally with the whichever the movement that they like, they're doing it, but not just doing it mm-hmm. intentionally. Yeah, I'm going to dance with uh, my arms and shoulder. I'm going to dance with uh, my, my, my heart. I want to dance with uh, my rib cage. I want to dance with uh, my abdomen. I want to dance with my pelvis. What about my leg and feet? And what about my fingers? And what about my face? Mm-hmm. And what about my spine? So they're going by each body part and see which body part when I'm dancing, it feels good. 
and which body part is feels a little oh hard. So I need to you know dance more, you know kind of more soft or gentle, so they can begin to understanding their body, their body condition, and you know so that's the. Communication, mm. actually listening, which means when you listen, you can mm. communicate. Yeah. The problem here is people are not listening. That's why communication is not going. <laughs> Say that our listeners know I love t-shirts. Right? That, there was a t-shirt right there. When you listen, you can communicate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that same power body. <laughs> I don't know how many people really listen to their body, and are you, you know, you know that that relationship is not really fully there. That's why body is being sick, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right, right. So you know how I really take care of my body in the way that the way that the most comfortable and enjoyable. And then see, you know, oh, why am I? My legs are so tired, you know. Then you know, and then they can find the answer. Yeah, you know, I'm really moving around a lot unnecessarily, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I'm I'm carrying so many things, and my legs are really always tired. So you know, they can find that out where mm. those those are coming. So. Really having that deep conversation, listening, you know, from the listening, and having that conversation with your own body, I think that can be the beginning to enter mm -hmm. to the practice of listening mm -hmm. and really understanding our mm -hmm. own body. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I mean, I think it just it really resonates. You know, particularly um, as as a person who identifies as a, a, a black cis woman, there's I'm learning at this point in my evolution the ways in which my survival has depended on or uh i have been it has been dictated to me to separate myself from my body or to see the to see my body as something foreign right to see my body mm -hmm. as uh not you know in the in the normalization of whiteness it's not pretty it's not you know it's not it's not it's all these not things um, and I like the idea, I was thinking, I like the idea of using that sort of practice to go, I would have to go really slowly because there's so much trauma, you know, there's so much trauma. Like mm. you were saying, that connection to between land and ancestors is so much trauma in the body, but I like the idea of having a way to move through that, like really move. Yeah. And again, another way is, mm -hmm. you know, when we're, you know, that, you know, ancestor trauma is so deep. You know, and that you know they're living in our body. You know, they're living their stories in ourselves, mm -hmm. right? So, in a way that what we also mm -hmm. need to understanding of the balance, like yin and yang, right? You know, up down. You know, we always moon and sun. We have always balance. If we have a certain the very hard part, we always have uh, the other part of how amazing our ancestors mm -hmm. were. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of having that both side of, you know, trying to bring that, you know, the both side of mm -hmm. the practice that, you know, this body can mm -hmm. keep, you know, keep going and making our body as a vessel so yes. we can really, you know, kind of available, <laughs> you know, available for our ancestors to really channeling us so we can really live not only our life, we're mm -hmm. living 
you know, you know, they're living through yeah. our body too. Yeah. So that's why I believe in it mm. there. And that's mm. why I have a very hard side of my ancestor, my father's side. But at the same time, their hard life, but I can see the other side of, but they work so hard to, you know, protect, you know, their country from the colonization. Mm. You know, so I can see, you know, two different sides that, you know, how we bring to, you know, this, you know, opposite direction as a resilience that holding us to keep going this life, not, not meaning of keep going in very white supremacist way, you know, (laughs) kind of, you know, understanding and digesting it, digest and transforming, yes, transform to there. Yeah. I'm really struck uh, by a lesson in that one of the things I'm taking away from thinking about the power of listening and listening for how body and land and body is land and land and ancestry is connected is that everything we need, we have within that if we're listening and moving and breathing and in setting intention, that all of that is within. And that doesn't mean we don't need each other or don't need community, but that for me, it really speaks to what I think the systems tell us. You know, you spoke earlier about how systems are creating conflict that is causing us to be sick. And I think the mm-hmm. systems tell us we're not enough. And I really love the lesson that you're sharing here, that a beginning is just imagining that there's enough within us Mm -hmm. already if we just listen and breathe and move and honor what we're hearing if we're actually Mm -hmm. listening. So thank you for that. Thank you. It's so affirming. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think it's really, yeah, I don't know. Uh, It's very important to... Um, yeah, listening ourselves and, you know, in order to actually understanding others, I think we need to understand <laughs> ourselves first. <laughs> and that's the thing, that's the, the system that what they create is they don't want us to think about ourselves. They always, you know, putting into <laughs> the place that don't, you know, I cannot think of myself, that's why, or of course I cannot think of others. And another layer is competition. Yes. Competition. Yep. And I don't want to know about mm. what you say it because I need to, you know, I need to, you know, kind of over, you know, overcome it. I need to be the yeah. top. Right? You know, so that kind of, you know, system is really blocking mm-hmm. our yeah. ear which is really connecting with our kidney. Mm-hmm. The kidney is the vital of the life. So they're threatening our vital mm-hmm. of the life. So that's really important that how mm-hmm. we can decolonize mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But through the body. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's all, you know, I'm kind of very into that practice, you know, how this body embodiment you know, the practice through the ritual, you know, ritual, ritual process. So, you know, the ritual process that I love so much is it's including not only, you know, in many dimensions, right? You know, ourselves, but in ourselves would relate to the people, the Mm -hmm. village, the village that that is on the land, Mm -hmm. 
mm. the on the land that you know holding all the, this nature and all the beings you know animals and then you know and then that goes beyond why people are doing is yeah we need rain you know we need snow you know going into further like more mm-hmm. the direction and then deities and our ancestors so ritual is so amazing to including all mm-hmm. of that and then how their process is yeah that's another part that i really love is the art you know all the ritual mm. you know kind of tools that they're you know integrating mm. is the art like you know the yeah. music dance drumming mm. singing and visual art with all the paintings and mm. even food <laughs> it's just like so food is mm. art too mm-hmm. you know so it's like it's so beautiful so i think yes. you know yeah as I'm, I'm just you know so honored and so feel so thankful that you know i could you know i'm humbly you know i know that you know i need to learn more you know practice more but where i am at with this is feels very blessed Mm. yes ashe i agree Mm. and it's you keep answering you keep answering my questions before i ask them which i really like literally uh, <laughs> so I have curiosity. I mean, totally. Right? And so, um, I don't know. I don't know if you have a, if you if you have any a share for this, but so I was going to ask something around to share with us more. If you have like more around this thing of like, what is it? What is it about? When you opened with us, you were talking about how you feel blessed that you have the ability to do work you love, right? And you're moving through, you're offering, you're, you have a connection to your purpose and you're offering this to your community and to people. Um, mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. And I, I like, that's, that's something I hope for every person, right? We don't, we live in a world where that's not the reality for a lot of people. And, and I'm really blessed that I have that same reality. And mm-hmm. I was recent. I just finished reading a book in which the author was taught as a, um, an indigenous Native American sister. And she was talking about, and I might get this wrong, but it's this concept of 80, 10, 10, right? So where you put your, where you put your, um, focus. And so, you know, 10% is you, you don't, it's not ignoring the ills and the pains that are happening in the world or that uh, people are experiencing, right? So you, 10% is you, you, you pay attention to that. 10% is like processing that, like p- being in the body, like paying attention to, okay, I see it. Now, what is the impact seeing that or experiencing mm-hmm. that is having on me? And 80% is thinking about the, what we want instead. Right. Instead of sitting, just sitting in the conflict or the sickness, thinking about well, what is the non-conflict and the non-sickness that I want to manifest or, or see. And so I was thinking about like everything you're talking about. I was in the um, I was in the desert a couple months ago and I was uh, I was thinking about a particular uh, Orisha within the Ifa tradition. And uh, this particular Risha, when they show themselves 
or when you're in homage to them, they take really big steps. So the movement is we take really big steps. So I was walking through this arroyo and I was taking, it was like, it was early morning. It was just beautiful. It smelled so amazing. And I'm, I was taking these really big steps and I was saying out loud gratitude prayer, just saying, thank you for this opportunity. And then I thought about, I thought about my ancestors. Like you were saying, like our ancestors went through a lot of things and a lot of hardship to get mm-hmm. us where we were. And I was thinking about like, I was in gratitude for those things that they might have had to endure to get me here mm-hmm. where I am. And then my hope was that that which the freedom that I'm feeling as I take, I'm getting this once, as I take these really big steps and I'm in the sun and I, I see wild rabbits running around and I'm like uh, this feeling that mm-hmm. I'm feeling this connection. I hope that, my ancestors are, or I'm feeding them, that they feel this, that the healing that yeah. they might need is coming from this feeling. And that moment was so yeah. joyful. It was such a moment. It was, you know, it was, mm. you know, it was like maybe 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't a long period, but it was mm. enough. And I just found when I really paid attention, I was smiling and my dog was running around yeah. and everybody was happy. <laughs> and I think that, that I share yeah. that. Well, I share that because I think sometimes People need to hear that. Like, what is, why do we do this? Right. Why is, why do we, why are we so intentional about how we move or that we're in the body or that we're trying to be less abstract. Um, And so telling people like, those are the, those moments right there are the moments of why I do this because experiencing the joy in my body is so profound so that it's feeding the ancestors. So do you, do you have any similar stories or like things that you can share that uplift folks? They're like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, thank you, Deirdre. Really, that's the point. That's the point, you know. You know, when we're, you know, I have, you know, really personally, I have a tendency of very heaviness. When I'm working on ancestral work, oh, my God, it's just too heavy, you know, too much grief mm-hmm. that I have to deal with, and mm-hmm. it's too much. But later I found, like, you know, similar that, what they also want to experience is the joy, you know, that they couldn't have. So, you know, that's why, you know, um, mm. you know, it's, that's, that's what I'm actually currently I'm practicing is that, you know, I'm practicing, you know, how I can really have fun and really joyful moments that actually I feel good. And if I feel good, mm. they're feeling good. You know, in that way, because they couldn't live yeah. that way because their time was impossible. Mm-hmm. But they work so hard to bring us here mm-hmm. to we can feed it. But if I am losing that opportunity, God, can you imagine that has to be next generation? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, I want to do something, reserving something the next generation mm-hmm. has a right. better life. You know, and they're, you know, and then hold this ancestor lineage and they're a little bit more living uplifting. So that's, I feel like my, my, you know, kind of time that I'm Mm -hmm. living is understanding that heavy side of the grief. But at the same time, I need to uplifting that Mm -hmm. joy. So that balance so, you that know, you were doing, talking about, you know, the yin really, and the yang, right? Having that balance of, of holding. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt, you know, I was kind of, you know, sometimes when I'm so into that work, mm. I'm going through their pain. Mm. 
that that is so much. And then I'm lost my life as a do-he life, this present mm-hmm. moment. I'm living mm-hmm. theirs. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out, you know, like asking a lot of questions to them and, you know, how I can also live in my life too. And, you know, and then that's the balance of, you know, yeah, giving joy to myself, mm-hmm. you know, not only physical, you know, physically too, you know, what's the things that make my body really happy? So doing those things more so I can, you know, they can feel it, you know, or, you know, I can do more, better mm-hmm. work for them mm-hmm. because I have mm-hmm. energy, exactly. you know. So it goes that way. So, yeah, thank you mm-hmm. asking that. Yeah, that's what I'm practicing mm-hmm. now more. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Deidre, mm-hmm. you, you know here that, you know, uh, in this desert, mm-hmm. We have a very special yeah. water, you know, so this water heals and teaches a yeah. lot. And that's <laughs> part of my joy that I'm taking yeah. in, you know, so let the water speak to me that also they can hang out with mm. my ancestors, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 What are some of the things you find the water saying or teaching you? Oh, you know, a lot of part that they're saying is, slow Mm. Mm -hmm. you know don't rush it slow Mm -hmm. and the things are not yours let that go Mm. you're caring too much that that is not even yours Mm. so it's really a lot of they're releasing it something they release so it might be also good to think about what are the part that i can release myself Mm. yes (laughs) yes that's you know it's funny in my coaching that's a a few younger coaching clients in particular um that that comes up quite a bit of like why hold that Mm -hmm. you don't have to hold that you know that's not Mm -hmm. yours to hold but we you know that comes back to what you're saying this idea of um rushing like white supremacy tells us to rush um we're not curious we 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 just want to we've been told that we have to compete and we have to be a certain place and mm-hmm. rush through it and and um it's so it's wild that when you start realizing oh i can actually really slow down and but the only way i can slow down is by letting go some of this stuff because if i hold everything there's this sense of urgency to get everything done or to be Mm -hmm. all things to all people or to show up in ways that are very abstract right i think it's easy to show up in eight million things if you're really abstract about it right if you drop down and you get really specific you have to slow down to be transparent and vulnerable you know you have to let go of certain false premises or false beliefs uh which for me is the release for me i'm learning at this point in my life the release is Mm -hmm. the release of false premises and ideas that white supremacy and patriarchy has given me about my body about the land you know Mm -hmm. the land that we're on like i have this maureen i've talked a little bit i have this complex concept in my head around what does it mean to be on unceded land as a descent of Africans who did not ask to come here and the complexity of that, right? Not to diminish what it means for the folks whose this land it is, like doesn't take away from the fact that this is unceded land all over. And I don't know how to hold, I don't yet know 
completely had a hold all of that complexity because I still feel some kind of way that I didn't ask to come here. You know, like yeah. I, I'm reaping the benefits of being here and I didn't ask to come here. And so, but now that stuff is so murky that you, I can only process it by slowing down, right? By yeah. letting go of yeah. other things to make space for the complexity of those feelings and things that happen in my body to really pay mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, um, any last things um, that you would like to share, Doogie, with us or any questions that you might have before we um, unfortunately close out yeah. this show? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I I don't know. I have a particular question that I want to leave here, but like you know i you know like you said something that i really feels like it's really important is how how you know having the curiosity in our life is very i think important you know always you know you know questioning it you know and curious about it mm-hmm. and and also imagine it mm. and dream about it and and i'm sure that you know the future they were looking for is really you know some part that needs to work with the uh some way of different way of dreaming our future mm-hmm. so 80 percent sitting in the 80 yeah the 80 percent of my time trying to dream like what is it you know what that's what i'm saying like, i don't want to talk yeah, I, know, right? I know how rough the world is i get it i see it <laughs> i want right. to spend a little bit more time talking about the beauty that we can create and what are we can yeah. like we are your work mm. is so profound and very similar to a lot of artists in the bay it is it's in process it's mm-hmm. in creation mm-hmm. right yeah like it is happening so thank you yeah. for that oh thank you yeah so that's what i want to say let us to really you know we go through things that we need to go through but let's keep dreaming mm, the right. better future yeah for the ourselves and the, for the our next generation yeah sure. and also nature too god this yeah, nature and mother Absolutely. earth and mother ocean this yeah we need to take care of them too mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah 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 thank you too for lifting up the curiosity i i've been in a lot of reflection lately about how the lack of curiosity is a way that patriarchy and white supremacy and like that domination it's it's the lack of it is very much connected to me for folks um, beings when that we're not listening and so mm-hmm. invoking curiosity feels for me a very natural way um, and you talked about it so beautifully to listen to the body to listen to the land to listen to ancestors and to listen to each other um, so I just appreciate mm-hmm. you for just offering such powerful ritual and practices and um, it all just seems so beautifully interconnected. Um, So as we're thinking about intersectional integrity, I'm really grateful for the ways that you brought the different intersections of land and body and ancestors and movement and breathing. And, you know, I think of intersectionality, even I'm aware like that, I'm often aware in these conversations how white supremacy has informed my assumptions about what the conversations will be. And our listeners know I'm regularly delightfully surprised at uh, the ways in which guests like you are bringing things, of course, that I haven't thought of. Like, of course, why would I know everything? (laughs) Right. And so like, thank you for helping me think of a different way of 
um, you know, beyond, let's say, race and gender as one form of an intersection, you're helping me think of different intersections that are beyond the body and the spirit and ancestors mm -hmm. and land. And I'm left sitting in a lot of reflection around that right now and excited to mm -hmm. listen to my body and ancestors and the land around me and see what else there is to hear. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for your time, like really sharing your time, particularly when I know you're you know, the desert could get it. So <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> thank you, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Blessed. Yeah. Thank you so much, Deidre and Marianne. <laughs> you know, this is really amazing talking with you. And yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to yeah hearing and more other beautiful, powerful people to come out and share their wisdom. We want to take a moment and acknowledge the tools used in this podcast are from a course that we have co-created called Cultivating Intersectional Leadership. We believe the path of cultivating intersectional leadership is a transformative journey that supports individuals and organizations in making the deeply systemic, strategic, intuitive, innovative, and necessary shifts away from old ways of being that no longer serve us, our organizations, or our communities. For more information about the course, visit cultivatingintersectionalleadership.com. We want to thank our brilliant and kind producer, Aaron Rand Freeman. And don't forget, if you'd like to support us, we do appreciate it. You can find us on Patreon, Eyes on Whiteness, and you can rate and leave a review anywhere you're listening to the podcast.